you can't do this alone. No, I'm not insulting your capabilities. I'm being real with you because I don't want you to be held back by the glass ceiling created by ignoring the people side of your business. I've been in the trenches helping entrepreneurs navigate all those, oh shit, I'm the boss now moments. You know, the ones where you realize you're the one in charge. You're the adult in the room, but you're not in this alone. I hope the show convinces you of the dormant power of your team. Welcome to the podcast free of stuffy corporate jargon. After all, your business doesn't come with the bullshit red tape of a Fortune 500 company. Here, you'll be encouraged and motivated to test, try, fail, and fix fast. You'll laugh, you'll learn, and you'll feel seen and heard. Most importantly, you'll walk away with the tools you need to pour into your team and build a thriving culture that opens up the door to the scale your business deserves. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I am your host, Jackie Coke, and today I wanted to chat with you a little bit about year-end best practices and things to do at the end of the year. Now, I know it's probably really close to the end of the year. I think this is going to be airing like the 28th. So if you haven't done any of this stuff, don't fret too much. You still have time, just stuff that you really should think about doing the beginning of next year. What I'm going to talk to you about is actually probably a little bit different than what some other HR people are going to say. I'll include some of the general things that are definitely important to do every year as it relates to HR. But I also think some stuff is just like good hygiene from a team perspective and a managing of people perspective. I think that there are Likely two types of businesses out there right now during the holidays. I've worked in both. One is you're slammed. Like the holidays are your Olympics and you are in it. It's game time. This stuff you don't have to worry about until after you're through this. Listen to this. Maybe come back and listen to it again after you're out of your busy season. When I worked in retail, there was no way any of this stuff was getting done. So we did a lot of prep work leading up to it. And we did a lot of stuff in actually, I think our fiscal year ended in February, if I recall. Regardless, just know if you're in a busy season right now in your business, don't add more stuff to the mix and don't feel like you have to. But this is good hygiene and good stuff to do at least once a year. So definitely come back and visit this. The other camp is you are slow. Like people are checking out. It's a little bit slower of a time. So that is actually what happens with us. Actually, I would like to say that's what happens to us in our business. It doesn't all the time because hiring doesn't really slow down depending on the time of the year and neither does HR stuff. But I've definitely worked in businesses where that was the case. Now, if that is the case, now is the perfect time for you to start to do some of these things and cross some of those things off the to-do list when you're slow. And I like to use that time, especially like the week between Christmas and New Year's. I used to have to work oftentimes, and I would love to use that time to get things like organized and caught up. It was my favorite time for that. So all of that to say, I think there's a variety of things to do, and I'm just going to rattle off the things that I think it's a great time to do, as well as some of the stuff that you'll hear traditional HR and legal folks say. So I'll start there. One thing that you want to get into a great habit of is reviewing your employee handbook and your policies. And the reason why it's a great time of year to do that is because often new laws or changes to laws goes into effect 
either the first of the year of the new year or midway through the year. Most of the time, it's always the first of the year. In some states, aka California, actually, a lot of states can put new regulations into place throughout different times of the year, but often they are effective January 1st of the new year. And a lot of times you have some grace period. So a law will go into effect and you have 60 days to get into compliance with it or something like that. But it's a great time to actually update some of your policies, make sure that you're following some of the new regulations that went into place. So always recommend that you do a handbook review at the beginning of the year and make sure those things are into place. For example, it was either last year or the year before, there was a change to one of the required time off laws in the state of California was bereavement leave. So if somebody has a family member that passes away, you have to provide them up to five days off. It doesn't have to be paid, but you do have to provide them up to five days of protected time off. It used to be three. So you have to update your policies to show that you are following those regulations. And so we made that update. Those are just some of the little updates that happen And often if you're working with an employment attorney, they'll email you like new laws going into effect. Or if you were to just Google like employee handbook updates for 2024 in XYZ states, you can often find those things. And it's always best to have an HR person or an employment attorney review those. First thing is reviewing handbook and policies. Also a great time to think about any new benefits or changes to benefits and perks that you want to offer. If you want to change what your time off policy is, or you want to add some additional things maybe for volunteer work, it's a good time to roll out some of the new benefits starting as of the first of the year. Because a lot of times, for example, with paid time off, you have to select if paid time off is going to go along with a calendar year or an anniversary date. So if your stuff goes into effect as of the calendar year, it's often easier to change it as of the first of the year versus midway through the year. That might be getting a little bit too boring and technical for you, but that's just something to think about. And then another great practice to get into is determining a time of year that you're going to review compensation for your team. There's two parts to that. The first is gathering market information, like doing a compensation analysis of what the market pays for the different jobs that you have on the team. And there's a whole bunch of ways you can do that. But the first is to gather that and then see where you're paying compared to the market. If you find that you're not paying at the very top or even within the ranges, that is okay. It's just good information to know so that you are creating your compensation bands intentionally and deciding how you're going to do it. Sometimes if you're a small business, you can't always pay at market all of the time for all of your roles and that's fine but you should know where you're at so that you're making compensation decisions intentionally and not just based on whatever somebody asks for. So one is to do a market comp analysis and benchmark where you want your salary ranges to be for the jobs you have on your team. And then from there, you want to have a cadence in which you review somebody's compensation. If you're a small team, it might be easy for you to do it on somebody's anniversary date. 
If you're a larger team, it might be easier to do everybody's at the same time period. Maybe that's the beginning of the year. Maybe that's halfway through the year. Whatever it is that you decide, it's a good time of year to at least just start to think about the changes you're going to make to compensation and anything so that you can start to forecast for next year. The other stuff I think is really important is goal review. So do a look back with your team and assess what goals did you hit that you had set out to hit last year? Why or why not? Did you meet or did you not meet them? Do a start, stop, continue. What things should your team keep doing that's working? What things should they stop doing that's not working? What things should you start for the first time that you haven't been? It's a great time of year to do some reflective thinking and really assessing how your team did. What wins did you have? What losses? What did you learn? How do you want to do things differently in the new year? And setting new goals for next year. And so this is such a critical time to really start to think about what are the goals that you want your business to do for next year? And quite honestly, just think of one. Just wanted to take a minute and remind you that having your people operations and systems rock solid early on will not only save you money and resources, but will help you build a thriving and highly effective team much quicker. And guess what? We've got your back. My company, People Principles, has an incredible toolkit shop where you'll find everything you need to get your team on the right track. And more importantly, Get all of your team operations and people operations on the right track. From hiring your dream team to navigating those tougher moments like terminations, we've got the resources that'll make it all easier. With our toolkits, you can dive right in and start implementing best practices today. You get straightforward and actionable tools, tips, and the templates to implement immediately. So head over to our website, peopleprinciples.co forward slash toolkits and check out all the toolkits today. Stop the endless Google searches and chat GPT promptings and get the tools you need built by us, HR experts. What is one goal? I was reading a book And they talked about your goal. It needed to be connected to some economic priorities. So I can't remember how many they said to set. So let's just say two or actually just one. You want to have a goal set to some sort of metric of success. So an economic priority could be like a revenue goal or an amount of clients or something that's tied to a metric so that you can go back and you can track to it. Set a new goal for the upcoming year for 2024 and then trickle down how every person on your team, what they can do to help contribute to that goal. How many new subscribers do you need to have? There's so many metrics, right? Depending on your business, but think about for each person, what is one or two KPIs that need to be either kept up with or met each quarter, each month at the end of the year so that you ladder up to hitting the goal that you set for your business. So reflecting on the goals and what you achieved in this year and then setting new goals for next year, communicating them out to the team is so important. And it's also a really good time to redefine everybody's role within your team. So what you'll find is... A lot of times jobs morph as the year goes on, 
things get added to the plate of people, things get taken away, jobs change tremendously if you are in a small business. And so at least once a year, go back and actually work with each team member to define their job and make sure that they're working on the right things and that you have things mapped out correctly. And so we really love to use a version of our hiring success index. And so it's actually for current team members. It's the job success index. And it essentially outlines the responsibilities for the job for the next year, right? So like what things need to happen for the job? What things is this person going to own? What metrics should they hit in the next year? What projects should happen in the next year? You want to think of like eight to 10 of those things and then get clear on, okay, in order to hit those, what skills are needed? What expertise is needed? And you might find this person has them. You might find that they don't. And that's a great opportunity to create a development plan for them. It's like, okay, if we need you to roll out X, Y, Z, You need to be an expert in ABC, but you actually don't know ABC. So let's create a plan for you to learn that so that you can execute on that. And then that's a great way to create a development plan. And then also get very clear on your core values. If you haven't done that yet, it's so critical that you do. And you really just want to have three at max core values that your business stands for. I actually was working with a new recruiting client and I'm stealing one of their core values. I told them that too, but it is batteries included. And everybody on their team like knows how to keep up their energy, knows how to take care of themselves, right? Like they all come with batteries included. And I love that core value so much. So I'm sharing that with you. But get really clear on what are those core values that you want to do, right? It's a great time to do those things. And then the reason I bring up the core values is because those then are tied into the job success index. You list out what those values are so that your team knows them and you're talking about them. So you don't just want to create this job index without your team being involved. You want them to be involved in it. So work with them to create it. What are the goals that this job needs to do? What are the KPRs this job needs to do? Have them create it and then go over it with them. There might be some things that they list that you're like, okay, that's not meaty enough or that's actually somebody else's job. Go through it with them and refine it, but work with them to create it. And they're going to be way more bought in. It also will create a great conversation of, you know what? I've been having to do this, but I don't like it or I'm not good at it. Is there any way that this could go on somebody else's plate? They may feel okay sharing that with you because you're creating that moment in that space for them to have that open conversation when you're redefining or just like getting clarity on what everybody's doing on your team. And you're probably going to find that there's things that people are doing that you didn't realize they were doing. Either you thought someone else was doing it or you didn't even realize that things were as hard as they needed to be. And you can totally come up with ways to help them come up with ways to streamline it and make it a little bit easier. And then it's a great time of year to revisit SOPs. Do you have a living document on how to do things in your business? Is it living anywhere? Do you have a workflow, a knowledge base where everybody can go to learn how to do the general things in your business? I've had a bunch of people on the show that have talked about different ways of doing this. You can house it in a Google Doc. You can house this stuff in Asana. You can house it in Notion. There's a lot of places that you can actually 
store this information so that it is accessible by everybody on your team. But go through those SOPs and make sure they're up to date and assign people to keep them up to date so that there are playbooks and standard operating procedures on how everything is done in the business. And it's a good time of year to update those because when you're just going through the motions, running the business, you might change stuff and you forget to go back and update things. And then when you hire somebody new, it's not up to date. So it's a really good time to go through and organize those things. It's also a great time just to organize your paperwork. I know that sounds dumb, but I guess maybe there's not quite as much stuff that comes in the mail anymore, but I would have piles of stuff that I was like, oh, I got to put that in a file. Oh, I got to do that. I just would do that at this time of year and get it over with because it's slow. Why not get those things off my to-do list? They're taking up brain power and space and energy, like get it off the to-do list. So if you can think about things that your team has been putting off for lack of time during slower times, it's a great time to do that. And often the holidays is that time that you can really get clear and organized, get reflective on how things went and set new goals for the new year. Obviously, as 2024 in January starts to come in, you're going to be hearing all about goal setting and vision boards and all of those things. And that is all great and all very important to set those goals. But make sure they're metrics-based and connected to goals that the team can track and measure so that they you can track how you're doing. So those are the year-end best practices that I have. Probably not super rocket science, but just a reminder to go back and do those things. And that's all you got from me today. So I hope that your holidays have been wonderful and that you're enjoying the time and that you're ready to rock and crush 2024. That's a wrap for today's episode. I hope that you found our discussion valuable and insightful and you are inspired to go out and be a good boss. Just wanted to take a second to remind you that staying compliant with all HR and legal stuff is crucial for your business's success. And if you're wondering about your HR compliance or want to make sure that you're implementing some best practices, I got something for you. If you go over to my company's website, peopleprinciples.co, there is a free compliance and best practices checklist waiting for you. It's right on the homepage and it's like having a mini HR audit at your fingertips. It's literally what we do with our clients when we start working with them. So go ahead and check it out. You won't regret it. You're going to learn a lot of stuff about what you can do better and what you can fix and what you can start to implement. So head over there and get your checklist. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode.